Hey, this is John from Ohio, and I never listen to I Doubt It with Delamore. If I wanted to listen to some blonde chick and pasty white dude go on and on, I'd turn on the news and listen to Killian Conway or Sean Spicer. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dullamore. All right, welcome to the show, episode 277 of I Doubt It with Dullamore. I am your host, Jesse Dullamore, and sitting across from me, the lady who doesn't like the drinks that are made for her because she's super duper picky. Brittany Page, everybody. See, I still don't know how you introduced me because I thought that you were going to say my co-host, Brittany Page, and I was going to say, well, for now, because it's very possible you have poisoned this drink that you've given me <laughs> and that there's poison in it. Well, you're free to make your own and fucking I'll be drink. Dead. You know that, right? Well, <laughs> you know where the ingredients are. Well, listen, you know where the ice is. I know. Where, you know where the glasses are. I know. You are free to go in there and make your own goddamn drink. But here's the thing is you usually make them so good. <laughs> you usually make the Tom Collins. You just screamed so good. that it was poison. There's something wrong with it today. <laughs> <laughs> wow i don't know what it is possibly a rotten lemon well welcome to the show everybody gin on ice we appreciate you joining us i'm sure that you appreciate something that i do i'm surrounded by people i don't know how i could be surrounded by one person but i feel <laughs> surrounded i'm under siege here right audience it's not good I do want to talk about one thing before we move on to voicemails and emails, though. And it's something that kind of alarms me. While driving to Los Angeles on the many freeways that you take to get there (laughs) from Orange County, there are multiple ways. Uh, There are these signs on the freeway because California just passed a law that even having your cell phone in your hand is now illegal. And they have these signs that are electronic signs that, you know, if there's an Amber Alert, they'll put up the the information there. And when there's not an Amber Alert or or an emergency, they just say random messages. Buckle up. Yeah, ticket or click it or click it or ticket or whatever, you know. (laughs) And while on the way to LA, I noticed that I was reading the messages like in a Donald Trump tweet way. It's really sad. So what exactly, what was the text on the message? Because I don't have it in front of me. Handheld cell against the law and dangerous. Oh, handheld cell against the law and dangerous. And then I would read it. And then in my head, I would end it with sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, this is too much. Donald Trump's tweets are invading your thoughts. Well, I also noticed that a lot of Trump, Trump people also have adopted his tweet style. Oh, for sure. Yeah. These people don't have a mind of their own, and it's starting to affect me. I do have a mind of my own. I I like to think that anyway. Yeah, but now you're starting to read freeway signs as though they're Donald Trump tweets. Sad. (laughs) (laughs) It's very disappointing. It's very disappointing. (laughs) And hopefully it stops soon because I can't have that. 
Well, maybe I'm just... I don't want to hear about it. Maybe this is one of those deals like a song that gets caught in your head. Yeah. Friday, Friday, gotta, gotta get, get down, down on Friday. Friday. Maybe it's just like that, and I'm trying to have that happen to the audience. That now that when they see something on in a sign or an announcement or whatever, they're going to end it with a sad... <laughs> Uh, that, that's probably what is going to happen, right? That's good. It's like the don't think of a pink elephant. Sad. Now you're thinking of a pink elephant. <laughs> don't don't read things with sad at the end, like Donald Trump. Right. Now you're going to do that. Yeah. Friday. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that to our lovely listeners. All right. Well, listen, we're going to move on. Uh, last time on the show, we talked about encores. We talked about having gone to Louis C.K., and that he did an encore, and we just, it, they're kind of bothersome. They're aggravating because you, you know it's coming to stand there and go through the fucking motions. Plus, I don't like to have to sit up and stand up and get, you know, do the whole aerobics thing. It's like Catholic church. Sitting, sitting down, standing up, aerobics. No, it's just a pain in the ass because when I sit down, then my pants kind of shift. And then when I, I stand up, I have to pull them out of my asshole because they've... My, I think my, you need new pants. No, it's just what happens. You, you have to readjust everything. <laughs> it's no good. That's one of the reasons, one of the many reasons I don't like the encore. So we have a caller from friend of the show and also friend of Brittany and I who happens to be a musician, and he wanted to weigh in on our loathe, our loathing, if that's how you put it, of the encore. Hey guys, it's Dan from Oceanside. Uh, just listening to your episode where you talk about going to see Louis C.K. and talking about encores at concerts and, and uh, events and stuff, and being that my job is based around a touring, you know, various touring uh, musician things, you know, I've played with different artists, different bands. Um, yeah, it is funny because to keep up the ruse that the encore is uh, spontaneous in any way, when it's on our set list, all written out, you know, there might be like a, a couple songs to select from, but like the, the songs that we'll be pulling from are on, on the set list on the stage. Um, I think it's for like, you know, it, it it keeps up the like the feeling that you got a little extra for your money, or uh, you know usually with a band like the they're touring their current record they'll wrap it up and then the encore will be some older songs that don't maybe belong with those group of songs or in the case of Louis C.K. I imagine it was you know he finished up his hour special and then came out and did some additional material uh, so that that kind of makes sense to me but it is funny that like you know there's this this like audience if the audience doesn't clap enough the encore is not going to happen the encore is happening now i've i've been in a couple situations where the crowd was so bad we've canceled the encore <laughs> if you know the uh, crowd was particularly hostile or like maybe the singer was sick or something but uh yeah it is it is a funny like part of going to see a live performance that we we keep that kind of tradition i guess alive or whatever so anyways love the show uh, I bet Louis C.K. was great. I'm super jealous, and I can't wait for that special to come out. All right, later, guys. So there it is from the... the Expert. The horse's mouth. Yes. The professional musician. Yeah, who knew you could ruin the encore? <laughs> also, who knew that you could just not clap and not do the little Right, they just... Well, maybe, dance. That's, maybe that's why he and his band, for whom he plays cancels on on occasion maybe they're like yeah we're, we're on to you fuckers we're not gonna do that 
And then, all right, no encore. We mm. just go back to the bus or whatever conveyance. Yeah. So you just have to keep on keeping on, I guess, with the clapping. Switch. That is it. Keep on keeping on. It's a bummer. Nice. All right. Thanks for the call, Dan. We appreciate it very much. Moving on to more traditional I Doubt It with Dollamore topics. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. I think we can finally call it. Old Donnie T has gone off the fucking rails. <laughs> this morning, he started off tweeting saying that not only were the leaks about Russia being in constant communication with his top aides, he not only called that fake news, but said it was a distraction from Hillary Clinton's failed campaign. I think I can speak for a lot of people in saying, what the fuck? And it doesn't even stop there. He went on to give credibility to the leaks when, when he said that the leaks were illegal leaks. So which is it? Which is it, Comrade Trump? Is it fake news? Or are they verifiable, true leaks that you just don't agree with and call illegal? Ah, oh, Jesus. And it's only Wednesday. I'm going to switch it up. Jesse, you're the best part. Thanks, guys. I think what he... Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. I don't need to be throwing a bone, guys. <laughs> I'm good with not being the best part. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Right. That's a good point, though. Is What is it? If it's a leak, that means it's leaked information that's true. Because no one leaks lies. That's not a leak. That's propaganda. That's lies. So which is it? Is it's if it's not a leak, then you don't even need to address it. Take the high road like Obama did for eight years on shit like this. But if it's a leak that contains true information, you can't call it fake news. Fuckhole. Ugh. Well, every day I wake up and I read Donald Trump's tweets and I feel very much like the caller. What was their name? Josh. 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 I feel you. <laughs> I love the size. There's a lot of size going on when people communicate about Donald Trump. Well, you know, I get messages oftentimes from from listeners, from friends that say, I don't even know what to do anymore. I don't yeah. even know what to say anymore. It's, it's just exasperation. Yeah, it's it, and it's getting worse every day. Yeah. Every single day, yeah, it's it getting worse. And who who would have thought? Who would have thought that it would be happening this quickly? And who would have thought that it could continue to get worse? Right. I mean, we're going to get to all of this, the Mike Flynn stuff and the and the, the, the contact with Russian spies during the campaign, all of that we're going to get to. But it, it is, it is what's, what could get worse? Ugh. Well, and he's found his perfect venue, I guess, with Twitter because he can tweet what he wants, all the misinformation he wants, all the manipulative bullshit that he wants, and it gets retweeted by the tens of thousands. Oh, yeah. And it's terrifying because people that support Donald Trump seem to be very hesitant to admit, I made a mistake. Oh, yeah. Sure. I I thought maybe he was a wild card, so I, I voted for him. This turned out much worse than I expected. I'm sorry I did that. <laughs> I'm kind of on the fence, though, about that. Because I, when Donald Trump fails and when he goes down in a fucking fiery, flaming ball, 
I want to be tooting my own horn. I want to say, we fucking told you mm-hmm. and you didn't listen. But I don't know if that's going to be the best. I think the best thing would be, and it's going to be very difficult to do, would be to open your arms and say, hey, yeah, we, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Come on over to the other side. I, I don't know how well that's, I don't know if that's going to be possible at all, but that probably, that probably would be the best way to do it. Well, and that's what I'm starting to think about engaging with Trump supporters now, which is, is it helpful to constantly shit on Donald Trump and say he's so stupid, blah, blah, blah. Or should we just be sharing what he's doing and then saying, hey, Trump supporters, what do you think about this? Hmm. What is your opinion on this, this, and this, all this shady business that's going on. Yeah, well, thankful there are people like you, Brittany Page, because I don't know that I have that in me. No, I'm just entertaining that thought. I'm not (laughs) saying I'm doing that. (laughs) All right. Next voicemail, and then we'll get to some emails. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. This is John from Ohio. Uh, You guys know me as JJ Eckle on Twitter. Uh, Just calling some interesting stuff happening, I guess. Michael Flynn is out as uh, the security advisor now uh, quitting over this whole Russia thing, which is probably a good thing getting him out of there. But uh, what I'm actually calling about is it's probably a good thing he quit because he did not advise Mr. Trump to go to a secret location, a secure location with when they were at Mar-a-Lago to talk about the whole North Korea launching a rocket. I mean, North Korea launching the rocket, kind of big news, but whatever. Obviously, he's just compensating for something, uh, but <laughs> launching a big, giant phallus at Japan. But the fact that he's willing to talk about what what is essentially classified information in a public forum, not only that, but apparently one of the guests at the Mar-a-Lago took a selfie with the guy holding the nuclear football. Like, what is going on? What is wrong with this man? Uh, I... I I can't wrap my head around what what, the guy's obviously got something wrong with him. I know that, you know, the last episode, Brittany was talking about how uh, they were trying to say that he has a narcissistic personality disorder or whatever, Uh, but you can't, you can't uh, diagnose somebody from a distance and I'm not a professional anyway, but there's obviously got to be something wrong with this man. I mean, he's he's not just dumb. There, this guy is crazy. Uh, I I I don't know what what to do with this uh, information about that. But um, anywho, uh, love the show, guys. Obviously, Brittany is the greatest part. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. A lot to unpack there. I know Brittany does have her proclivities or sensitivities to people saying that he's insane or he's mentally ill i still i relish the the likelihood whether it be a a slim likelihood or a a deep likelihood or a likely likelihood that he has something going on i think it's probably more more likely that he's just not smart he's just not a smart man he, he doesn't have, I mean, I'm sure he is very smart in certain areas. And that's, you know, self-promotion and everything else. But I don't think that he has a, a, a very firm grip or grasp on, on civics, on basic American civics, how the government works. I think he expected to go in there as president of the United States and fucking wag his finger at Congress, boss them around, tell them what to do. They write him a bill, whatever it is, send it to him, and he signs it. And that's the way it works. 
and the courts just agree or they just adjudicate, you know, civil cases, criminal cases, DUIs. That's the job of the courts. I think he's kind of out of his element because he doesn't understand how things worked. We do have a three-pronged co-equal branch of government that the legislature, the legislative branch is equal to the executive branch or the presidency. And the, the, the judiciary is absolutely equal to Congress and it's this triangle of equality. And he doesn't get it. But it's, Again, this just kind of feeds into the the narrative that we're talking about, that it's getting more and more crazy as time goes on, and we don't know where the bottom is. Yeah. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it very much. I think we have a couple of, uh, of emails, though. Yes. This first one is from Raina. Hey, Brittany and Jesse. Just wanted to give my thoughts on the resignation of General Michael Flynn. First... I don't know what the fuck the Kremlin has on Donald Trump, but the shit must be extraordinary. Extraordinary. My biggest problem with General Flynn is the gross level of ineptitude and incompetence he exhibited. Even my 13-year-old brother knows there is constant surveillance of the communications of foreign diplomats. Did he honestly believe that our intelligence agencies would not be privy to any and all communications he had with the Russian ambassador? Secondly, if everything that Flynn discussed with the Russian ambassador was on the level and above board, why the lies? Why the cover-up? In his statement, General Flynn stated that he provided incomplete information to the administration, to which I say bullshit. He was a fucking liar. His lies, in turn, made our vice president look like an incompetent, deceitful fool. Well, more of one than he already looks like under normal circumstances. Back to General Flynn. As a daughter of a military family, I am appreciative of his many years of service to our country. That being said, if I hear one more word about General Flynn as an honorable man, I'm going to lose my fucking shit. Honorable men don't lie, and they don't cover up the truth. I've heard a lot of discussion about whether it was Flynn's intent to mislead his superiors and the American people. I personally don't give a fuck if he intended. It doesn't matter to me. What I do give a fuck about is what he did. For all this talk about nobody ever being prosecuted under the Logan Act, Flynn's actions are as treasonous and egregious as it gets. If this doesn't violate the Logan Act, I don't know what does. So when it comes to criminal prosecution, there's a first time for everything and no time like the present. Love you guys. Brittany's the best. Jesse does okay. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. I, I do okay. I, I think that's an accurate description. Raina really getting all my fucks out there. <laughs> <laughs> She's putting you to your, to, to your task. Yeah. Making you. Yes. Read the listeners cursing. Yes. Because Brittany, you do try to be the, the straight one on the show. You don't have the freedom to say fuck, shit, piss, balls, cock, <laughs> like I do. Yeah. I kind of do what I want to do. You're you're more relegated to the quoting mm-hmm. and the the non salacious language. Uh huh. Yeah. Good times, everybody. <laughs> L- listen, uh, some great points there. One that I want to address is for sure. I think it's weird that he wouldn't know that he was being recorded and transcribed. He was the head of the Defense Intelligence Agency under President Obama, a post for which he was fired. 
He was fired by Obama. So what do you think it is then? Does he believe that he's just above it? Was he temporarily not thinking? Was no, he... I The only explanation I, that I can come up with, because he knows what he knows. I, look, I know what I know based on what I did in the Marine Corps. He for sure knows. He was a, way, way above my pay grade. And... The only thing I can think is that he thought the intelligence services would ignore it because he was part of the incoming administration, hmm. even though he wasn't a part of an established administration yet. Right. They hadn't assumed power. Yeah. He was working against the stated foreign policy objectives of the current administration, therefore the United States of America. That is not... What honorable men do. And that's the other point that I think Raina made very well, which is yeah, you can call him an honorable man all you want, but the proof's in the pudding. Honorable men don't lie. Honorable men don't work against the interest of their country and their president, who at the time was Barack Obama, like it or not. Anyway, th thanks for the email, Raina. We appreciate it a lot. Dear Jesse and Brittany, just wanted to send a note to let you guys know that you guys are doing an awesome job. Yay! I depend awesome on, job! I depend on your podcast to, <laughs> awesome job. to help me find a modicum of humor in these stressful times. Modicum of humor! Jesse, the <laughs> banjo and the yeehaw put me in stitches every time you do it. Believe me, we need the comic relief. These are uncertain times we are living in, and we have a commander-in-chief that is clearly mentally ill. Robin doesn't care about the things I say. I almost <laughs> feel sorry for him. She says he is out of touch with reality, and nobody seems to be able to speak up. He is surrounded by mendacious, prevaricating enablers that are equally as insane. I love your podcast. I love that your podcast is enjoyed by people of all races from all over the U.S. I enjoy Raina's emails and comments and wow. Brittany number two when she calls in with her comments. Look at that. Robin followed Raina. <laughs> One thing that it's I... It's like a family. It's a community of, of audience members. Yes. One thing that I do have trouble with are the hateful comments that people leave on your YouTube videos. <laughs> I know that this is what trolls do, but it never ceases to amaze me how nasty and obnoxious people are. I'm glad somebody's reading those comments. It scares me that there's so much hate out there. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Robin. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Thank you, Robin. We Listen, uh, this is something that, that, that never will stop amazing me and make me feel good. And, it, of course, the, the voicemails and the emails make me feel good. But what makes me really feel good is when I see listeners who are now connected to one another, whether it be on Twitter or Facebook or or they're they're having some kind of an online relationship. Right. Because of the show, we're connecting people. And that is really what we wanted to do from the very beginning of this this experiment here. It's create a community to further the conversation to to talk about things that are that are important. And here we are, 277, you know, 300 with bonus episodes or whatever we're at. I should actually have a tally so I can not continue to just say over 300. Mm -hmm. But we're, we're well into this and it's starting to really congeal. It's starting to happen. And it, it makes me really 
it, it makes me feel good. It's it's awesome. Yeah, and I want to say Robin also said she didn't get her stickers. We will send them. We thought we put some in with your mug box, but apparently we did not. He, here's what happens also is we don't go down and check the P.O. box all the time. Yeah. And every once in a while we'll go down there and there will be return envelopes. So sometimes they don't get delivered. And if I didn't put them in the box with the mugs, then I'm a fucking douche. So yeah. But I, I that's do. What happens. I also want to give Robin some advice because there is a way to tolerate the comments or at least make them enjoyable, even though they're hateful. Are, are you talking about the YouTube comments? Yes. And <laughs> me and my friend Ben were having just a wonderful time one day. We spent probably 30 minutes doing this. We were going through reading the hateful comments. Wait. Can I can I give a, a an audio demonstration of what voice you use to read the comments? Yes. Yo, Trump, baby. <laughs> we got some Hillary bitches on here. Come on, baby. <laughs> Trump. That's my favorite part of that when you can hear her going. Uh, uh. <laughs> that that's how you have to read the YouTube comments that are hateful toward me. Right. Yo, Trump, baby. We got some Hillary bitches on here. Come on, baby. <laughs> you just have to. Oh, uh, you're ginger cook faggot. I mean, that's how you have to read them. Yeah. Because they they are sometimes extraordinarily hateful. That, that only a finely tuned hate mind could come up with the language. And it's not even just the cuck stuff. Sometimes <laughs> they're just, they're beautiful. They're, they're, they are kind of a poetry in, in and of themselves. Right. I guess it could it could kind of be like a like a fun game. Yeah, well, that's what we do. So we were sitting in the <laughs> library at school reading the comments out loud, and for example, I would read one, and then Ben would read one, and it would go something like this: "Sorry, bud, you're a straight up cook." <laughs> and we would just take turns reading them, and then laughing, and then reading them, yeah. and then laughing because when you read it in the voice. It is a joyous occasion right. because you know that it's not, oh, you're a straight up cook. Right. Right. That's my attempt at an English it's accent. It's not like Jonathan um, from the UK who calls in once in a while. Right. I would love, by the way, Jonathan, if you could call in and le read some some hateful of my, my oh, hateful YouTube comments yes. with your beautiful British accent. Yes. That would be goddamn amazing. That would be fantastic. Please do that. Please. I'm begging you. Oh, yeah, because that's not how it goes. No, and, and listen, no, no. it's got to be kind of a bummer for Southerners who are decent human beings, and there's millions of them, to be associated with these just fucking trash. You know what I mean? Yeah. We I, talked about this last time. I feel like you are feeling the need to defend yourself in this me? way. Yes. No, I've lived in the South. There's a lot of pieces of shit down there, <laughs> and it only compounds with the stereotype of the voice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But they're not all a bunch of terrible people. Of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. All right. Well, let's move on. Listen, thank you guys for the voicemails and the emails. We always appreciate the communication very much. If you too would like to sound off, communicate with the show, let us know what you think, ask us a question, whatever. 657-464-7609. That is our number. You can always also... Email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. We love to hear from you guys. Now, listen, before we move on, I'm going to bring back a segment that we, we ditched maybe 100 episodes ago where we would talk about 
Pat Robertson and what he's feeling on any given day. Pat Robertson, if you don't know, is a fundamentalist televangelist who was very popular in the 80s and 90s. He actually ran for president against George H.W. Bush in the 90s. And uh, He's a real agile fella. In the 80s, 88. That's right. He is agile. <laughs> he is uh he's like if you if you just if you had like a a big chewed piece of bubble gum and you stretched human <laughs> skin over it and then put big fucking eel ears on it like satellite dish ears. Uh-huh. That would be Pat Robertson. Yeah. He's kind of melting away. Yeah. He seems like a real fit, healthy uh <laughs> Quick guy. <laughs> he might be 150 years old, so we're kind of shitting. We're being ageist right well, now. Well, he's pretty hateful, so it's fine. Yeah, it's totally fine. Yeah. So Pat Robertson apparently has some opinions about how the media and people are treating <laughs> President Trump because, Great. you know, God has a plan for America that involves Donald Trump that apparently only Pat Robertson is aware of. The press is against him, so... You know, you read the Bible, and uh, <laughs> there was a point in there where uh, God told Jeremiah, he said, tell them. I, I like that. <laughs> There's a point in there. There was a point in there. In in, in where, Pat? Oh, in, in the Bible. He's kind of being very flippant about the word of God, is well, he not? Yeah, I also love the sentence connection. Well, the press is obviously against Donald Trump, so the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Where is this going? Right. What is happening? Listen, chewed piece of bubble gum, get to your point. To take the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar, and they didn't want to do it. And you read the Psalms, the second Psalm, which says, you know, why do the nations rage and uh, imagine a vain thing, and they, they revolt against the Lord and His anointed? I, I think somehow there's a, the Lord's plan is being put in place for America. And these people are not only revolting against Trump, they're revolting against what God's plan is for America. <laughs> is it? Now, listen, there's, uh, there's about 40 seconds left, but couldn't it be said, if you're a believer and you really do believe that the God has a plan for America, mm-hmm. wasn't Obama also God's plan for America? Right. And if you're rebelling against Obama, who is God's anointed leader of yeah, America, right? You're you're rebelling against God, or is that just for the Republicans? They're the ones who are anointed by God uh, to lead this great nation. Is is that what it is? It's only Republicans. I think that's what the juice mouth is getting at. Oh, the juice mouth. Yeah. Or is it just white men that Pat Robertson can, he can get behind? I mean, who knows? He is eighty six years old. These other people have been trying to destroy America. These left-wingers and so-called progressives are trying to destroy the country that we love and take away the freedoms they love. They want collectivism. They want socialism. And what we're looking at is free markets and uh, a freedom uh, from this terrible overarching bureaucracy. And they want to fight as much as they can. But I think the good news is the, the Bible says, he that sits in the heavens will laugh them to scorn. And I think that Trump's got something on his side that is uh, uh, a lot more powerful than the media. Yeah. 
It is unbelievable that this guy feels comfortable sitting in front of a camera and broadcasting this bullshit to oh, yeah. so many people. I mean, it is disgusting for him to sit there and say that Donald Trump has God on his side to act like he has some sort of access to information that people don't have to be able to claim that Donald Trump has God on his side. Yes. I mean, what what is wrong with this person? <laughs> there, This is a video. In fact, we'll put the video on the Facebook page. He is... And look, I don't like to, well, I don't not like to. Brittany doesn't like me to make fun of people's appearance. But listen, this is Pat Robertson. It's fair game. He, he when he sits in this chair, he kind of looks like a question mark now. He doesn't look like, he's not sitting up straight. You know what I mean? He's just old and he's just filled with fuckery. You know what I mean? Just angry and ready to die. Maybe that's why he has the, the bat phone to Jesus because he's so close to being with Jesus that he he gets messages or something. And listen, for those of you who don't know who Pat Robertson is and think that we sound like just the worst people on earth making fun of this old man, he is a very hateful individual who has said horrible things about women, about the LGBTQ community. He, you know, he, they give you AIDS. Yeah, they I give mean, you the stuff, he said, with a sharp ring that cuts you, and then they give you AIDS. Yeah, he... We spent a lot of time talking about Pat Robertson. I don't know why we got rid of this segment because he says dumb things all the time, but I think we were talking about him too much, yeah, and we that's just, why we, we moved on. We cycle through bits, you but know. really, go go watch a couple of segments. Just go watch anything by him. And, just Google and you'll see. Google hateful Pat Robertson and enjoy your afternoon. It's disturbing. <laughs> it's disturbing. It's fucking terrible. So that's it. I just wanted to bring that back before we move on. It's uh, maybe it's something we'll have to revisit. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent and good looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode as much or as little as you'd like. Comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget and helping move the conversation forward. One podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dolomore. We have a new patron, Jamie. Jamie. Thank you so much for your contribution, Jamie. You are awesome. You are getting us closer to our next Patreon goal. I'm going to go through the names because I think we have a, a disproportionate amount of J names. I really think we do. Not an unacceptable amount, but it's just <laughs> disproportionate to other names. Well, last people... w- Last show was John was the new Patreon slash PayPal person. Right. Well, people and, feel connected to you because you're Jesse D. And then we had Jeremy and Jen and... What is happening? Jesse D. Bringing in the J names. It's At least we have Robin and Raina. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they just come in clusters. I it guess. It triggers in, something, in somebody's mind. Yeah. We do, though. We appreciate you guys. You are keeping the lights on, so to speak, and moving the conversation forward and also really driving us to do more and more. Right now, we're trying to line up a few interviews For bonus content, we need to get back on that train. And we're also going to be doing some video content related to protests up in L.A. There's the tax march. And also some one-on-one interviews right here in the studio on video. 
that we'll be putting on YouTube. And that is all brought to you by our Patreon and PayPal supporters, as well as the Amazon purchases and the mugs and everything else. We, we, we love you guys. We're also doing the monthly Google Hangouts and for those who sign up on Patreon and PayPal to give a donation, we will be inviting you to the call if you become a patron or PayPal supporter before the next call. Yes. Democracy Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So as we've mentioned... General Michael Flynn, former General Michael Flynn, the national security advisor for President Donald Trump, the man who was handpicked by Donald Trump to give advice on national security policy to this administration, has resigned his post. And I think the audience knows that I'm not one who really likes to toot my own horn, Brittany Page. Yes. It is something I really try to avoid at all costs. You try to avoid it so hard. (laughs) But I would like to to bring to attention what I said last episode before Mm. Michael Flynn resigned when I questioned his loyalty to his country. Yeah. Well, you think... In the army. Yeah. You think people that reach positions of power and that have... A lot of success in life are intelligent individuals. They should be. Um, but but then that, that isn't always the case. And it's shocking when that happens, right? How did someone get so far being so irrational and not believing things on evidence? That is a very good point. I wasn't even going there. I'm questioning his loyalty to his country. He was a general in the goddamn U.S. Army. I'm questioning his loyalty, his fealty to the United States of America and the things we hold dear and to be important. He's national security advisor. I mean, come on. Uh, And now we know. (laughs) Now we know that he wasn't being loyal to his country. In fact, so much so that he had to resign from his job in fewer than 30 days. Right. There's no there's no backup. <laughs> right. There's no uh there was no person hired to replace him. It was that quick. It was that urgent. <laughs> That's right. It was that serious apparently. Yes. You you don't you don't have to resign. It's not like, "Oh man, I just I want to spend more time with my family." <laughs> and uh it's just really taxing job and you know, it's it's time to a little me time. A little Mikey Flynn time. That's not what it was. He was ousted because of his disloyalty that was found out. And and the problem is, is that Donald Trump knew days before, 17 days before, he knew that he had been communicating with the Russian ambassador, Kislyak. Here for you is a breakdown of his 23 days on the job and how he lost it. 
Michael Flynn's resignation as national security advisor after only just over three weeks on the job had been brewing for days. The retired general had become a lightning rod for criticism over his ties with Russia. It was a relationship dating back to 2015 when Flynn sat right next to Vladimir Putin at a dinner in Moscow. But it was December 29, 2016 that became the beginning of the end for Flynn. That day, President Obama announced new sanctions against Russia, expelled 35 Russian diplomats, and closed two Russian compounds, all in retaliation for Moscow's efforts to influence the U.S. presidential election. That same day, Flynn had several phone calls with the Russian ambassador to the United States. The next day, December 30th, in what came as a surprise to the Obama administration, Putin said no Americans would be expelled from Russia and that he would await the inauguration of Donald Trump before taking any action. Then, President-elect Trump celebrated with a tweet, great move on delay by V. Putin. I always knew he was very smart. January 12th, Washington Post columnist David Ignatius first reports that Flynn had those phone calls with the Russian ambassador. But the White House insisted Flynn did not talk about sanctions in those calls. Call centered around uh, the uh, logistics of setting up a call with the president of Russia and the president-elect after he was sworn in, and they exchanged um, logistical information on how to initiate and, and schedule that call. That was it, plain and simple. I talked to General Flynn yesterday. And the conversations uh, that took place at that time uh, were not in any way related uh, to new U.S. sanctions uh, against Russia. But Flynn's calls were intercepted by the U.S. intelligence community. Secret transcripts show Flynn did discuss the sanctions, a potential violation of federal law prohibiting private citizens from engaging in diplomacy. Flynn was not yet in office. Law enforcement officials say Flynn made no promises about lifting sanctions and appeared to be trying to be vague. Alarmed on January 26, the Justice Department attempted to warn the White House. Acting Attorney General Sally Yates told White House counsel Don McGahn that Flynn misled the administration about his communications with the Russians and was potentially vulnerable to blackmail. This afternoon, Press Secretary Sean Spicer revealed the president himself was told the same day, January 26th. Immediately after the Department of Justice notified the White House counsel of the situation, the White House counsel briefed the president and a small group of the senior advisors. When the president heard the information as presented by White House counsel, he instinctively thought the general counsel, General Flynn, did not do anything wrong, and the White House counsel's review corroborated that. Last Friday, after the Washington Post first revealed to the public what those transcripts contained, the president said this. What do you make of reports um, that General Flynn had conversations with the Russians about sanctions before you were sworn in? I don't know about it. I haven't seen it. What report is that? Uh, there, the Washington I Post is reporting that he talked to the ambassador to Russia before you were inaugurated about sanctions, maybe trying to... I haven't seen that. I'll look at that. But it all came to a head Monday when the White House says President Trump asked Flynn for his resignation. The issue here was that the president got to the point where General Flynn's relationship misleading the vice president and others or the possibility that he had forgotten critical details of this important conversation had created a critical mass and an unsustainable situation. That's why the president decided to ask for his resignation, and he got it. 
And now we're finding out that Donald Trump has come out and is calling this fake news and he's been treated so poorly. There's just the weird, the information, there is no cohesive message coming out of the White House. Of course not. Sean Spicer says this. They send him out to say this. And then Donald Trump comes out hours later and talks about how unfair it has been for Michael Flynn to 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 have resigned. Or that the real scandal is that classified information is illegally given out by quote unquote intelligence like candy. Right, right. Very un-American. Sad. <laughs> uh. So he's out. And now they are looking for a new national security advisor. And uh, Petraeus is coming in and He's a guy who can't, who has mistreated and mishandled sensitive information, given it to the his fuck buddy, the woman he was banging on the side from his wife, who ended up writing a book, a journalist. That that's not the right guy for the job. Is Donald Trump's judgment meter just fucking broken? I don't think people care about these things anymore. Obviously, with uh, Donald Trump, it matters. Character matters. Apparently not. Where it relates to these, these, listen, if you're putting yourself out there and you're able to be blackmailed by the Russians, you're not right for the job where it relates to national security. <laughs> if, if, you, if you're going to be Betsy DeVos in her job and you're going to run the schools, eh, that's one thing. The Russians don't have much reach there. But where American lives come into play and the security of our nation come into play, it matters a lot if they have the ability to fucking blackmail you. Whether you're a national security advisor or whether you're the president of the United States. Which leads us to the fact that the New York Times and other media right now are, are, are reporting that Donald Trump and his campaign, his key campaign staff, had direct contact multiple times. Numerous times contact with Russian intelligence agencies, with Russian intelligence operatives, with spies during the campaign prior to his election. High-level advisors close to then-presidential nominee Donald Trump were in constant communication during the campaign with Russians known to U.S. intelligence. This is according to multiple current and former intelligence, law enforcement, and administration officials. President-elect Trump and then-President Barack Obama were both briefed on the details of these extensive communications between suspected Russian operatives and people associated with the Trump campaign and the Trump business. Uh, and as you'll recall, last month during that big briefing, according to U.S. officials, familiar with this matter. And both the frequency of the communications uh, during the summer, we're told, during early summer, and the proximity to Trump of those involved raised a red flag with U.S. intelligence and law enforcement. According to these officials, the communications were intercepted during routine intelligence collection targeting Russian officials and other Russian nationals known to U.S. intelligence. And among several senior Trump advisors regularly communicating with Russian nationals were then-campaign manager Paul Manafort 
Manafort and then-advisor Michael Flynn, according to law enforcement and intelligence officials we've been speaking with. Um, Manafort, as you'll recall, joined the campaign in March, and then he was out mid-August. Flynn stayed on and resigned as Trump's national security advisor um, until uh, last night. He, that's when he resigned. And we should point out that we've reached out to both of them. Manafort, for one, um, has denied any communication with the Russians. Uh, we've re- repeatedly tried to reach out to Michael Flynn as well. We're awaiting response. But officials emphasized, on that communications between campaign staff and representatives of foreign governments, they're not unusual. However, these communications stood out to investigators due to the frequency and the level of the Trump advisors involved. And taking it further, Donald Trump met with Netanyahu today. Yeah. And during their little photo op, a reporter attempted to ask him about this. Jim Acosta from uh, CNN did. And taking it further, Donald Trump refuses to answer questions about this, which makes this all the more concerning, right? He met with Netanyahu today, and he (laughs) he had a a a photo op with him in the Oval Office, I'm assuming. I don't know where they do that little sit-down photo op thing where he shook... um, Bibi's hand. uh, Yeah, for who knows how long. (laughs) And aggressively. (laughs) And... A reporter asked him a question about this, and he just blank face ignored the question. It yeah. wasn't responding, and they they said, "Are you not going to answer this?" Or <laughs> I don't understand what's happening. Are you having a stroke? Right, uh, a seizure? Do and we then, need to get a belt to put in your mouth so you don't bite your tongue off? What's right. going on? And then he held a press conference with Netanyahu, and again was asked this question and he refused to answer. Yeah, Jim Acosta actually from CNN asked that time. Right, and Jim Acosta actually was interviewed after that and said the fix is in, that Donald Trump was calling on conservative media outlets that were not asking difficult questions and said that he doesn't want to answer questions, critical questions. And he also said, quote, they may think this is being cute or being strategic and trying to shield the president from questions, but those questions can only be shielded for so long. That's right. Well, also, it's an admission of guilt when you refuse to. We're not going to. No, we're not going to answer those questions. It just makes you look guilty. Right. Why are you dancing around the question? Unbelievable. Why don't you have an answer for it? Yeah. Silence. Is pretty loud. And this all coming on the heels of the fact that intelligence agencies are corroborating details within the dossier. Again, like we said last time on the last show, it's not the sex stuff that they're corroborating, but they're corroborating a lot of the conversations that were said to have had happened. And now we're also learning that campaign staff had were in consistent contact with Russian spies. What do you? Ha- what do they have? What? What's the reason? What? What was necessary for them to be in contact with intelligence officials? That's the question. They're not talking to diplomats. They're not talking to your humdrum bureaucrats. They're talking to intelligence officers within the FSB, right, of Russia. And taking everything cumulatively, Donald Trump's praise of Putin. The people that he has selected for his cabinet, Rex Tillerson getting the friendship medal from Putin. Yes. The weird relationship with Russia that he and so many of the people that he surrounds himself with. Paul Manafort, Carter Page, all of them. It doesn't doesn't make any sense. Right. Unless you think of that dossier and then you kind of go, huh. Well, and also. Wonder if that's all true. Remember this. From months ago, during the general election debates between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Look, 
Putin, wait, wait, from look. everything I see, has no respect for this person. Well, that's because he'd rather have a puppet as president of no the puppet, United States. No puppet. And it's pretty clear. You're the puppet. It's pretty clear you won't admit no, that the, the Russians have engaged in cyber attacks against the United States of America, that you encouraged espionage against our people, that you are willing to spout the Putin line, sign up for his wish list, break up NATO, do whatever he wants to do, and that you continue to get help from him because he has a very clear favorite in this race. If only she had been advised to go for the fucking jugular during the campaign. I don't know whether it would have worked, how effective it would have been, but she should have just called him out for what he is. He was a patsy, and he continues to be a patsy for Vladimir Putin, that he is an an agent of the Russian government against the United States of America. No, you're the puppet. No puppet. No puppet. It's pretty clear. You're the puppet. It's pretty clear you won't admit that the the Russians... (laughs) Seriously... Who hears that and thinks, oh, that's that's my president. <laughs> oh, you know what? I, you know who? You know uh, who? Who hears that and thinks, oh, that's my guy? Donald Trump, baby! <laughs> oh, <laughs> we got my some God. other bitches on here? Oh, Jesus. Come on, baby! Trump! <laughs> Actually, I think there's a better way. <laughs> there's a better way to play that. Donald Trump, baby! <laughs> we got some other bitches on here? Come on, man. Come on. Yeehaw! Yeehaw! Oh, my God. Donald Trump! Got any Hillary bitches on here? Honestly, though, people people watched that debate, and people walked away saying he won. People walked away... Well, he's very intelligent, Brittany. No puppet. No puppet. It's pretty clear. You're the puppet. It's pretty clear you won't admit no, you're that the, the Russians. No, it's no, embarrassing. you're the puppet, Brittany. Uh, it's truly embarrassing. No puppet. No puppet. You're the puppet. Because this is who he is. It yes. isn't as though he was elected president and then he started to act presidential like he said he would. No, he has continued being the same child that he was before he was elected. I. This is what Donald Trump is. I, I, imagine what a six-year-old in their mind would think, how would I be as an adult? <laughs> and that's what he does. No, you're the puppet. No, you're the puppet. You're you're the puppet. <laughs> I'm not the puppet. You you're the puppet. Uh, and so now Donald Trump is is going off the deep end, railing against these leaks. When only months ago he seemed to be such a fan of leaks. When they weren't at his expense. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. And all you have to do is take a look at WikiLeaks. This just came out. This just came out. WikiLeaks. I love WikiLeaks. Amazing how nothing's secret today when you talk about the Internet. Oh, we love WikiLeaks. Boy, they have really WikiLeaks. They have revealed a lot. That came out on WikiLeaks. (laughs) It brings me so much joy, Brittany Page. Well, and and now he's tweeting attacking the intelligence community repeatedly. 
Oh, it's consistent now. Talking about, he, he tweeted this, information is being illegally given to the failing New York Times and Washington Post by the intelligence community, parenthetically NSA and FBI, question mark, parent parentheses, period. <laughs> <laughs> too much, too much. Just like Russia, he says. And he called them un-American. Right. Un-American. And so I... I He's challenging their patriotism. I just... The, hang on, let's let's unpack that. Yeah, the president of the United States of America is publicly challenging and questioning the patriotism of the Central Intelligence Agency, which is a part of the executive branch of government. He's attacking his own government, and whether or not they love their country and are dutiful in carrying out their jobs. So I read this article on Wednesday, former NSA intelligence analyst John Schindler provided some insight into the reaction of national security officials. Quote, now we go nuclear. The intelligence community war going to new levels. Just got an email from a senior intelligence community friend. It began. He will die in jail. I think (laughs) Donald Trump has bitten off more than that motherfucker can chew. He also tweeted, U.S. intelligence is not the problem here. The president's collusion with Russian intelligence is many details, but the essence is simple. And all these details will come out. They will leak these details. You don't question these people who give their lives, who, who, who risk their lives for America and also have all the secrets. And this is something I don't understand, similar to Flynn making the phone calls, knowing that they're monitored. Why is Donald Trump tweeting, antagonizing the intelligence community, insulting the intelligence community, inviting them to take a shot at him? No puppet. No puppet. It's pretty clear. You're the puppet. It's pretty clear you won't admit that the the Russians. That's why. Mm -hmm. Because he is a puppet. And he has to do Putin's bidding or bad shit's going to happen. He's in a he's in a he's between a rock and a hard place here. He's bitten off way more than he can chew. He's and he's just an unwitting accomplice. He's he's not a smart man. WikiLeaks, I love WikiLeaks. He's so enamored by the spotlight. I listen, I fuck, I don't know. There's so many different answers. But th- this entire administration is in disarray right now. There's a report from the newspaper The Hill that White House staffers are using an app, a messaging app, that immediately deletes and erases any record of communication, which is against the law. It's against federal record-keeping laws and regulations that when any administration official communicates with another administration official in the capacity of their duties... Those records need to be kept for the archive because we have a transparent government. It's not some autocracy. It's not some dictatorship that where they can just delete or shred whatever information. This isn't the fucking Nixon administration. And they are using an app. It's being reported that is, is tantamount to high levels of illegal activity.
The Washington Post reported on Tuesday that officials were using the app called Confide to avoid being caught talking to the media as President Trump moves to crack down on leaks. The Post reported following a report from Axios last week that reported Confide has become a favorite app for Republican staffers. Staffers may also be concerned about being hacked after high-profile cyber attacks on Democratic groups during the election. Quote, We do see a spike in across-the-board metrics when there is a major news cycle about the vulnerability of digital communications. Um, This was Confide's president that said this. The reports raise questions, though, about the possible violation of federal records-keeping laws that require certain government employees to use their official email address for communications. Former Obama staffer Tommy Vitor tweeted, The whole fucking campaign was about Hillary's emails, and now Trump's team is violating the Presidential Records Act by using Confide. What is going on? Why do they need to feel the need to use this? Oh, and shocking. A White House spokeswoman did not immediately respond when asked to comment on the reports. Weird. This is a huge story. Wait for this to gr- to break and be bigger. You're hearing it here first, and we heard it from the Hill first. <laughs> and they heard it from Washington Post first. All right. Well, we're third in line, but you're fourth in line, audience. And yeah. this is a big fucking deal. This is going to be a big deal. If you didn't hear it from one of those other two sources, you heard it here first. <laughs> and I was shocked when I read this. And it just lets you know just how inept this White House is. Just how brazen these people are. They're taking their cue from their fucking clown commander-in-chief. And they feel like they can act with impunity in flagrant violation of the law. Well, and Trump supporters should find this insulting because he was ratcheting up their hatred of Hillary Clinton for this very thing. Exactly this thing. And... He was going except, except in this case, there's no emails to delete because they're deleted automatically by the service. Right. Isn't this problematic? Donald Trump's lack of transparency in almost every single way, refusing to answer questions, refusing to use not use apps that don't delete information, um, tweeting from his Android, all of these things are problematic. <laughs> That's put it lightly. Absolutely. It is troublesome at the highest levels. Well, listen, we're going to, there's so much to get to. Goddamn, I've got so much here that we're just not going to get to. Um, We'll talk about it next time about how Congress could force the release of Donald Trump's tax returns because that will give us information into whether or not there's a problem with Russia beyond what we already know. And then all this Kellyanne Conway stuff. But let's end the show with this. Jake Tapper is, I think the audience knows, I am a fan of Jake Tapper. Brittany, you are a fan J-tap. of JTAP on CNN. Well, his show, he is a fearless champion for the truth. And whether you like CNN or not, listen, Jake Tapper is the man. He took Donald Trump to task about his bullshit conspiracy theories and lies, live on the air. The president today attacked the story of high-level campaign advisors having frequent communications with Russians known to U.S. intelligence. Those advisors, of course, include 
Michael Flynn, whom President Trump fired as his national security advisor on Monday night after Flynn was shown to have lied to the public and to the vice president about the contents of his phone call with the Russian ambassador in December. The issue, pure and simple, came down to a matter of trust. And the president concluded that he no longer had the trust of his national security advisor. That was White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer on Tuesday. But today, President Trump gave a quite different explanation. Michael Flynn, General Flynn, is a wonderful man. I think he's been treated very, very unfairly by the media. Um, As I call it, the fake media in many cases. The media, of course, did not fire General Flynn. President Trump did. Now, what the media did do was revealed to the nation that General Flynn had lied to the country and to the Trump team, including Vice President Pence, when he claimed he never discussed Obama's sanctions on Russia with the Russian ambassador. President Trump knew this at least as early as January 26th, but he did not act on this until the media revealed the truth to you and, as it turns out, to Vice President Pence, who learned about it through the media, sources say. The president reacted to this all on Twitter today. Quote, the fake news media is going crazy with their conspiracy theories and blind hatred. MSNBC and CNN are unwatchable. Fox and Friends is great. Of course, these stories in The New York Times, The Washington Post, CNN and elsewhere are not conspiracy theories. These are news stories sourced by government officials. Conspiracy theories are different. They're, they're false. They're crackpot. They're nonsense. How do I illustrate what a conspiracy theory is? How about this one about Ted Cruz's father? His father was with Lee Harvey Oswald prior to Oswald's being, uh, you know, shot. I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous. What, what, what is this right prior to his being shot? And nobody even brings it up. That's a conspiracy theory. Or how about uh, this one about President Obama? I wish he would, because if he doesn't, it's one of the greatest scams in the history of politics and in the history period. You are not allowed to be a president if you're not born in this country. Those are conspiracy theories. These are are facts, as established by former and current national security and intelligence officials, as President Trump almost seemed to simultaneously acknowledge today. From intelligence, uh, papers are being leaked, things are being leaked. It's criminal action, criminal act. Now, no president likes leaks, especially ones that reflect poorly on his administration. But it's worth noting, candidate Trump's path to power was tread on a road of leaks, leaks against Hillary Clinton. Some came from WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks, the wonder of WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks, WikiLeaks, some new stuff in WikiLeaks. And many of the ones about Hillary Clinton's private email server, those leaks came from the FBI. Right before Election Day, in fact, Fox News reported and then had to retract a report based on erroneous leaks that the FBI investigation into the Clinton Foundation was going to likely lead to indictments almost immediately. Now, retraction notwithstanding, candidate Trump, well, he had at it. The FBI agents say their investigation is likely to yield an indictment. He didn't have a problem with leaks then. It's worth pointing out, it's not a moral position if you only hold it when it applies to you. So here... I mean, maybe we should have done a taking care of biz <laughs> because Jake Tapper, seriously, he he's he's holding Kellyanne Conway's feet to the fire. He's not inviting her on his show. And that's the other thing we were going to get to is that Morning Joe, they're not inviting her either. And apparently she just kind of invites herself. 
She does her own booking. It's not from the White House. Well, and I want to I want to say this quote because I think that a lot of people are concerned, but Charles Blow wrote in um, the New York Times, quote, reporters are digging like a crew of coal miners hopped up on a case of Red Bull and sources in Washington are leaking to anyone with a press credential. Drip, drip, drip. It goes until the dam breaks and the truth spills. Yes. And this is what's going to happen. You cannot taunt the media. You cannot taunt the intelligence community right. without consequence. That's right. Well, th- not to this level. It's one thing to shit on the media. They're used to that. They're used to conservatives talking about the lamestream media. They're used to that. See, even I do the voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you can't malign the patriotism and integrity and constitutionally protected duty of the media for, for for so long without them finally saying, hey, you know what? Fuck you, dude. The gloves are off. And I think that's what's happened with JTAP. Yeah. And Charles Blow, for that matter. Right. With the New York Times. So that is it. We're going to leave you there. There's a couple stories backed up. We'll get them on 278. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Thank you for joining us twice a week or as often as you do. If you'd like to support the show, if you're on the fence and you're ready to do it, dollamore.com slash Patreon, dollamore.com slash PayPal, dollamore.com slash Amazon. Or if you're not quite ready for financial support, why don't you go review and rate us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That would be fantastic. I know of two different areas that you can review us. One is iTunes and one is Stitcher. We would prefer you listen on iTunes because that actually... They're not stealing our content and making money off of it and not giving us any. (laughs) But that's just me. That doesn't matter. Review us and rate us. That would be awesome because iTunes pushes us in front of new listeners in the iTunes um, desktop program. And we would love to have you help us get in front of new listeners. You could also tell a friend, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter. We love you guys. Thank you for supporting the show. You mean the world to us. Until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. So the Bible. <laughs> Wait, what? Where is this going? What is happening? <laughs>